Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open throughout the show, 833-804-0910. You can be the head of football operations of this show, 833-804-0910. Joining us right now, host of MP on the Mic, 10 to noon right here on The Fan and always available on the go on the free Odyssey app. Michael Phillips. What's going on, Michael? I like that. We're all saying head of football operations. Yeah, I know, now. right? Like, it's like the new key term. <laughs> like that means something. You know, yeah. What was it? Explosive plays before Buffalo Nickel. <laughs> now it's head of football <laughs> operations. Tell me if you've heard this. I heard that um, Josh Harris is hosting people at his mansion in Miami. $32 million Miami Beach mansion. Uh, it, it is not oceanfront. It is uh, Bayside. Really? Uh, $32 million doesn't go as far as it used to, Adam. In uh, Miami, yeah. It's got a half-court basketball court, uh, a boat dock with boats, a uh, <laughs> uh, pool outside. Yeah. Um, everybody, it, these these candidates will have I- any comfort they desire. Yeah, and, and Magic Johnson's going to be there <laughs> uh, alongside Bob Myers, Spielman, and the rest of the Jedi Council. Do you like the way I'm calling it the Jedi Council <laughs> to bring balance to the force? Here? I mean, Magic, Bob, Peters, like th- this is a better-run NBA team than the Wizards right now. <laughs> it it's, really it, is. It's not even a bad it team. really is. <laughs> um, so you're showing me the house here that Josh Harris will be hosting people at. I mean, if you have any interest in the job and he invites you there, I don't think you leave without taking it. Well, everybody's taking the call, right? Every, yeah. Everybody's going to check that out, right? Yeah. You get to go meet with Magic at at the Via here. You know, it looks like a villa. You know, right? I, <laughs> it looks I, like you'd find this this house in Spain or something. Oh shoot! I you know it's so late. Maybe I just uh, maybe I just spend the night here. Yeah, and, right. Uh, yeah, in know, one I, of the six <laughs> guest houses. Yeah. Oh my goodness, this yeah. place is unbelievable. Josh Harris is. It, of course, I'm glad he's not bringing people to Ashburn. It's right? um, it, it's about a five minute drive to South Beach. Yeah. Uh, from there, so if, if you know if they need to go out, they're 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 cared for. They're going to be all right. That's awesome. That's awesome. So. Uh, are, are you sticking with uh, your guns with what you went with yesterday on the show here? I believe I gave an Adam Peters prediction, and yep. uh, I see no reason to back off of that. Um, here's a, negotiating. I don't negotiate a lot, um, mm-hmm. you know, but but when you do, they had three people in yesterday. Adam Peters was the last candidate they brought in yesterday. I think that I think that makes him the most serious of the candidates, right? Mm, yeah. You you want to see see the field, right? Close the deal, right? You see the first person, you're going to make a mistake with your interview process. You're going to not ask the right or, or questions like, or something. It, but if you fall in love, you don't offer it on the spot because right. you know you got more people coming. Like nobody overreacts, offers the job to the first person, yeah. sends everybody home, right? Second person, you're you're in the groove, yeah. Third person, that's the one. Is that how you did your house hunting? It, you know, here's how we did our house hunting. Yeah. Um, we we found that uh, my wife found the house on Zillow. We called the realtor. He's like, "Oh yeah, if you want that, like, you need to like bid a crazy amount of money for it because right. it, it's going to go over market." Kind of sounds like Josh Harris. <laughs> um, so I was at Boston College covering UVA Boston College basketball. <laughs> this was before they were good, so this was a real treat of a game. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure this was like forty to thirty-eight uh, in some way. And uh, my wife's like, "Hey, uh, yeah, my my good friend Dave's our realtor, and uh, Dave says uh, you, you got to put a bid in right now." Um, you know, you're not going to be able to see the house on Monday. And I said, yeah, sure. I'm good. Um, you know, d- does it look good to you? Yeah, I like it. All right. I'm, <laughs> I'm in. Yeah. You're so easy going. Yeah. Man. I don't know. It, 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 I don't know. Does it have a backyard? <laughs> it, the, the yard, bedroom. Yeah. Place for the TV. Right. For refrigerator. Yeah. Yeah. Good I'm enough in. for you. I'm in. All right. Sounds good. So the <laughs> commanders are going to do their search for head of football operations and then... Head coach, and of course, we'll be following that 
throughout the rest of the NFL offseason, which has already began for the Commanders. You know, did you hear me talking about I had a fan that came up to me at Capitol Hill. He didn't think I was excited enough that Ron was gone. I, I, I just I, I could not believe that when I heard that. <laughs> I think if we're ranking Commanders fans excitement levels, you are in the top 1%. Like, in your Ron Rivera wrapped for the year, yeah. you got the personal message from Josh Harris. Thank you for being one of the top Ron Rivera haters in America. <laughs> like, nobody hated Ron Rivera for more minutes last year than you. Yeah, absolutely. And now he's gone. <laughs> and yet, I'm I'm nervous because there's a lot of unknown. We have to try to replace him yeah. with somebody better. And it should be easy. Yeah. But at the same time, nothing's ever easy in the NFL. It's the hardest league in all the sports. And uh, speaking of the NFL, wild card weekend begins Saturday with the Browns at Texans and concludes Monday night with the Eagles at the Bucks. If you've been listening to the show, you know all season long, Michael Phillips and I have been canceling an NFL franchise. A canceled franchise means we believe your team has no shot of winning the Super Bowl. Turn in your pel- your helmet. Your pads, your season is through. Stub, where are we at? Do uh, you want me to read uh, your canceled team? <laughs> All right. Adam has canceled the Panthers, Bears, Broncos, Cardinals, Giants, Patriots, Packers, Texans, Rams, Saints, Commanders, Chargers, Jets, Titans, Steelers, Bengals, and Raiders. And any team that did not make the postseason is also canceled, Michael. We have so updated what, the rules. So, so for playoff team, you don't have the Rams, you don't have the Packers. Correct. Uh, you're out of. I think you canceled the Texans as well. Is that correct, Stub? Yes. So yes. he also he canceled the Packers. Uh, yeah. Right. And Steelers. Did he? Did you yes. cancel? So you have canceled four playoff teams. Yeah, it's so not looking far. good for me. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, you've got. You've still got a lot on the board here. You've got a lot of a lot of underdogs you can pick from. Yeah. Uh, do you? Do you have Peacock? That's the big question oh, this week. Oh, are you kidding me? I've yeah. got the biggest Peacock. <laughs> all right? I, I've got the ultimate account, all you'll right? Be, you'll be, you'll you be can, ready. All I right. don't watch commercials. You'll yeah, be ready. I paid extra. You'll be ready. I wanted the largest Peacock known to man, all yeah. right? <laughs> so I've got it. Um, all right? I don't think four... Don't blame me. NBC's the one that came up with that name, all right? Four, 14, <laughs> pl- 14 playoff teams. Yeah. You've got 10 remaining. Yes. And there's four weeks of the playoffs. Yes. As long as you play this right, you've got an easy win. That's all I'm saying. That is That sounds so confusing. Stubb, who has Michael <laughs> Phillips canceled? Michael Phillips has canceled the Giants, Cardinals, Bears, Patriots, Panthers, Rams, Titans, Raiders, Buccaneers, Jets, Commanders, Chargers, Saints, Falcons, Packers, Vikings, Broncos. All right, so of the playoff teams, he's canceled the Rams, yeah. Bucks. Yeah. Who else? Packers. <clears throat> Rams, Rams, Bucks, Packers. I okay. still have the Texans alive, and yeah. uh, I, I'm not going to cancel them today uh, because, look, as much as I love this Joe Flacco redemption story, I can't, I can't put this, uh, this contest, everything that's riding on this, on the line with Joe Flacco. Yeah, no. I, can't, I can't do it. No, I can't either. So anytime you hear this sound, you know that means your franchise is canceled. You're fired. All right, Michael, you go first here. Well, I think I got I think I got away easy here this week. Uh, I am, of course, taking the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers. There we go. You're fired. Yep. Uh, I, I just, why are they here? Why are we here? Why did we let a seventh team into the playoffs? <laughs> These are all questions. Exis- so, wait, are you anti-seventh team? Because I love it. Wait. What what are we gaining from watching the Steelers lose other than reminding <laughs> ourselves they're not good enough to be in the playoffs? I think that they are going to cover that spread. They're Ten a- points in a playoff game feels like too much, but uh, you are right. I don't like the matchup for them. Bills seem like no. the hottest team in football, definitely one of the hottest teams in the AFC after just knocking off the Dolphins and winning the division. Uh, 
I don't see the Steelers winning the Super Bowl, so I, I don't mind you canceling this team. But I, I just I do think it's going to be a decent game because Mike no. Tomlin gets his boys fired up. Sure, they, they don't have an offense though. You have you have to have both an offense and a defense in the no, playoffs. Right. This isn't the regular season. They can't skate by. T.J. Watt's not playing. Uh, I think I think the Bills boat race him, and I don't think it means anything for the Bills going forward. I, I don't think the Bills make the Super Bowl either. All right, Stub, my pick is in. I am looking at. Monday night football, the Philadelphia Eagles, your season can continue. The Bucs, you're fired. You're fired. Yeah, I mean, I just, I kind of feel the same way here. Like, why did we let the Bucs into the playoffs here? The worst division in football. I would have much rather had the Saints in there uh, after, you know, Jameis Winston made headlines. (laughs) I I love that call by Jameis. so good. I'm so on board for that. I mean, just, just, I hate victory formation. I can't stand it. Get into the end zone. Score points. If Najee Harris had done the same thing, I would have been plus 250 bucks because I would have won my fantasy league. Um, so I hate victory formation. Um, and I'm just, um, I think the Eagles, that's my lock of the week is Eagles win, Eagles cover the spread. They destroy the Bucks. Baker Mayfield stinks. Uh, the Eagles are a dysfunctional organization over the last five or six weeks. They right the ship this weekend. Is this a long, now I agree with you, the Bucks aren't good enough to be in the playoffs. Is this a long-term statement like the Eagles are back or just the Eagles will win this football game? I'm still all in on Eagles-Niners as my NFC wow. championship game. You're yeah. not backing down. I'm not. You've seen because what you've gonna, seen. I, I don't believe in the cow turds, all right? I don't like the cowgirls. Um, I, I do think the the Rams are going to upset the Lions. That's my upset pick of the weekend. And then, you know, when you're looking at the NFC, I get, it's 49ers. It's 49ers, and I believe in the Eagles to make a run. I'm watching Matt Patricia with the pencil in his headset. And oh, I'm... I get so fired up for the pencil in the headset. <laughs> I am. That is my thing. In, in uh, high school, I was that guy. I had a pencil in my ear. Any any hot chick needs to borrow a pencil, I pull it right out of my ear. Boom, there you they go. They don't want that pencil. <laughs> they don't think they, they want, don't want that. that pencil. They don't think they want that. You got like to get your pencil bag. You got to get your, your box of I, uh, supplies. I already know Stubb was a mechanical pencil guy. Now, I know he was a mechanical no, because pencil guy. He, I, I broke the lead every time. I I, I oh, wrote really? too so did hard. Did you go regular pencil? Yeah, because it would snap on me and every then, time and I tried to write. And then Stubbs the guy that's like using the automatic sharpener. Everyone's taking a test. Yeah, I would do that. <laughs> I was well. I was always first to finish a test every really? time. I speed ran those Let's every go. time. Say, I was big I, on mechanical pencils, but it had to be the right, you know, the right millimeter. They're two. Right? The point, point, not point five or the point no, seven. No, no, point seven. You were a point or seven even, guy. I was a .9 guy for a little bit They're, when I got a custom pencil. No They're wonder not you got such a big peacock enough. now. <laughs> I know, right? I do I have the largest them. peacock you, you, in start, the history of radio. You, you've gone writing. from offering girls your pencil <laughs> to offering them your peacock. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a great service. You can watch The Office. I don't know what else programming they have, but, but they have The Office. I love The Office, and so I got the largest peacock bundle possible. It, the the mechanical pencil was great. I was a lefty, so so any pencil I'm lefty was bad. Too, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm I was a pen lefty. guy all the yeah, way. Yeah, I mean, because for the smear, you would get so oh, yeah. much smear on your, your pinky arm. finger. Yep. Was just oh, yep. it, graphite covered at <laughs> oh, all times. Yeah. yeah, every time. Yeah, yeah. I mean Absolutely. that like can't be good for your skin. I stub the <laughs> stub the going with the tradition. He's got like his Ticonderoga over yeah. there. He's great. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Do, do you know who's a vice president at the Ticonderoga Pencil Corporation? No, Lee Corso. Really? That's his day job. He what? just does college game day on Saturdays. <laughs> he works for a pencil company all I, week. I love when he puts a, a mascot helmet on his It's head. the best bit. It's, it is the, the best, best bit. bit. It's the best bit around. That's Michael Phillips. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to the best sports radio show around. You're listening to the new sports radio 910 The Fan now at 105.1 FM. Welcome back. 
I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Mark Schofield will join us to go around the NFL at 2 p.m. And then Zach Joachim to recap that big win for VCU in Fairfax over the George Mason Patriots. But anytime you hear that intro song, you know it's time for the Cowan Gates Hokies update with Bill Roth. What's going on, Bill? Good afternoon. Good to visit with you. We have a big men's basketball game tonight. we got a sizzling hot women's basketball team that knocked off number three NC State Sunday. We've got more great football news coming. I mean, it's just a really good time right now in Blacksburg. The weather, not so good, but uh, we're excited about tonight's basketball game. How are yeah. things with you? Things are great, and uh, I, I do want to revisit Sunday's game first because I watched that, and I was so impressed with Coach Brooks's play call at the end of the game there. The little backdoor screen to throw it up to Liz Kitley. She catches and puts it in at the buzzer. It was just awesome. Yeah, you know, they've run that play before, uh, so it was exciting. And, you know, one of the things that you can do in women's hoops – I go back and forth on this. A buddy of mine, close friend from Pittsburgh when I was a kid, Mike DeCourcy, writes for the Sporting News. He thinks that, you know, in, in men's basketball, you don't get the ball at midcourt after a timeout. Right. But in the women's game, you can do that. And it, it really adds, right, like the NBA. It, 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 you get the ball at midcourt, and you can lob it right to the goal and, and lob it up there and get a catch, an easy basket if you catch it, uh, which is what Liz did, Liz Kitley. What an amazing career. I don't know that... We appreciate her. I mean, she's been the ACC Player of the Year twice, so people mm-hmm. around our region recognize her. But she is just so amazing and, and not only talented, Adam, but incredibly clutch. Yeah. She makes she hit a game-winning shot last year at Chapel Hill, and, and Carolina was ranked. And now, you know, she's played really well against NC State. The Hokies have beaten Wolfpack in women's hoops three times in a row. NC State was number three coming into this game, and Tech made a great comeback. Uh, to get it tight, State retook the lead, and then the Hokies Kitley gets that shot at the end to win it. And so they're playing great right now, but it's just January. You know, you've got to maintain this for another eight, eight, ten weeks. Yep, but the Hokies are ranked number 11, 3 0 in the ACC, and 12 and 2 overall, uh, with a couple of tough games Miami and then at Florida State. Uh, coming up this weekend. But you mentioned Liz Kitley, and, and I know you remember last year I kind of compared her to Tim Duncan. I th- just think she's she's misses fundamentals. She does, and that's kind of why it's like it goes unnoticed because she just shoots really eff- effective from the field, 50% most nights. Uh, she can step back and hit a long-range, mid, you know, mid-range jump shot. She's got a good bank shot. She can back you down. She can do it all. And we do have the call of the game winner the other night against NC State. Here we go. Hokies inbound. Go to Kitley. How much time is left for NC State? They have no timeouts. They cannot advance the ball. So Kitley gets the bucket. Virginia Tech wins 63 to 62. She had 27 and 12. Uh, But, Bill, to me, it does feel like if Virginia Tech's going to make as deep of a run as they did last year to the Final Four, they do need to find a consistent third scorer outside of. Amor and Elizabeth Kelly. Agreed. Yeah. I think if you ask Kenny, he would tell you the same thing. Yeah. And 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 especially like, look, the Hokies, they they already played at you this year, right? And lost. Yeah. In the rematch. They played Iowa and lost. So, you know, it, I'm not an expert on women's basketball, but clearly when when you look at some of the really elite teams, Iowa in the top 
two or three teams in the SEC uh, and whatnot, they're, they're all so good, and they can all guard. And yeah. so, yeah, there's another – I mean, I'm, you're talking about some elite-level basketball here, right? right? We're talking about the third week of the NCAA tournament, winning those types of games. You just got to get there first, uh, but it's going to be a lot of fun. By the way, did you hear that crowd? You know, Castle was sold out Sunday. Yeah. Uh, Castle is sold out tonight for the Clemson game. In fact, Tech announced yesterday the entire rest of the season for men's basketball is sold out. There's there's ten games in the ACC play, and they're all all sold out. Yeah, I I, I know people that aren't Hokie fans probably are rolling their eyes, going, <laughs> "There goes Bill again talking about Tech fans." But it's it's really cool, man. It's it's so exciting to see. Uh, Every game sold out, and yeah. it's it's just great for. I'm happy for our players, yeah. and happy for the fans too. Yeah, and credit to Coach Mike Young for the program that he's built. And so, Hokies are at home tonight, first time in three weeks, and they're facing off against number twenty one Clemson. We open the show with this: Clemson's eleven and three, but both teams are one and two in the ACC. Both teams need a win. Yeah, you know, you know, bracketology again. It's January tenth, so you you. Don't want to put too much into that, but the bottom line is is that the Hokies need more quad one wins. You know, if you if we were talking about uh, if we were doing a show this afternoon down in Clemson, we would probably be saying the same thing, right? I mean, go, go starting one and three in conference play is tough, and Clemson had such a great season last year, but didn't get into the tournament. They ended up in the NIT, and and here they are again. They've got this great record, but they're coming off the loss to Carolina, and they've got. Some really nice players. You know, P.J. Hall is back. He's getting about 20 a game and six rebounds. They got Joe Girard, the transfer. You know, he was such a good player for Jim Beheim at Syracuse. He's playing for Clemson now. So that's what Brownell thought. Brad Brownell, the Clemson coach, felt that he needed, right? They've, they've got a decent inside game. They're, they're always big and physical, really, on defense. Uh, but they thought Girard could help them. Hokies played Syracuse twice last year. The game at the Dome, Girard had an amazing game. The game at Castle... Uh, you know, other way around. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he, you know, he's kind of like you know any streaky shooter. If he gets going, it's going to be hard to beat them. And 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 you know, I think over the years, Tech and Clemson have played games that are seemingly each a one possession game. It wouldn't surprise me if it comes down to that tonight. Absolutely. Whether Gerard has the ball in his hand at the end for the Tigers, or Padula has it in his hand, or Couture at the end of the game tonight for Tech. Either way, it's going to be an amazing atmosphere at Castle. And uh, what's cool, I mean, the Hokies are selling these games out. The students aren't back yet. Right. But, uh, I'm I'm really pleased that the the local community of Blacksburg is supporting. Once the students get back, it's a different castle's awesome. And it should be fun tonight as well. Absolutely. And you know what you're going to get in the backcourt with you know, Couture and Padula, but similar to the women's side of the ball, it does feel like the Hokies need a consistent third scorer. In the out-of-conference play, it was Lynn Kidd, almost 16 points a game, but since ACC play has begun, he's back down to about 10 points a game and only right. had two against Florida State. Exactly, and their size hurt them, and, and, and that's where you know, Clemson's front line is big. Yeah. I mean, they're big and physical, and they're going to make it hard on Kidd. I mean, Clemson... Forever. I mean, that's kind of even when Coach Purnell was there. I mean, Clemson always made you grind out the win, right? I mean, yeah. that's kind of the way on, 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 on in basketball. They, they're, they're big and physical, and they've always been that way. Bill, before we let you go, I saw the Hokies were ranked number 25 in the USA preseason rankings that were released yesterday. Explain to the audience why they were ranked number 25. Well, I think the USA Today article – 
turned it pretty well. I mean, the Hokies bring everybody on offense back. Uh, the key guys are all returning on offense. I mean, everyone's back, all right. 11 starters. Uh, the and you just top, don't see that in the transfer no, portal era. No, you don't era. see that. And they got any, you know, I think, you know, maybe you could make the argument that Drones might be the first team all-conference quarterback in the preseason. How about that? Yeah. Uh, Antoine Powell-Ryland, Dorian Strong announced they're coming back. And the Hokies, you know, they signed three elite defenders out of the transfer portal. And, you know, a first-team all-ACC defensive lineman from Duke is going to start for Tech in the fall. Yeah. Kelvin Gilliam, I, I talked with him today. You know, he's from Highland Springs. He's transferring to Tech from Oklahoma. And I think he'll have the same kind of impact that, that you know, these, these kids like, like APR didn't sign with Tech out of high school, right? He, he went to Florida. And then came back to Tech, and then he led the ACC in sacks this past year. And and Ollie Jennings, you know, transferred well, started at West Virginia, and then Old Dominion ended up at Tech. And you can just see what a good player he is. And I think we'll see the same thing out of Kelvin. And a great conversation with him earlier today, by the way, just talking about how, like APR and like Ali, the kids that didn't come to Tech out of high school from Virginia are all coming back to play for Tech now. Hmm. And it's kind of interesting to hear their perspective on why they – I talked to KG about why he chose Oklahoma uh, instead of coming to Tech. And I'm, I'm going to be writing in my Roth report online here that will come out here in the next couple of weeks. But a little teaser, you know, he talked about his relationship with Shane Beamer, who was an assistant at Oklahoma during that recruiting period. Remember, before Shane went to South Carolina, yeah. he was at Oklahoma, and he's the one that recruited Highland Springs – so hard for KG. And uh, anyway, uh, I think that's another reason why the Hokies are ranked. They're, they're re- replacing defensive linemen with talented, experienced guys up front. And then the third reason that the Hokies are likely ranked in this USA Today too early preseason ranking is the schedule is very manageable. You know, last year the Hokies went 5-3 and three in the league, Adam, right? 5-3. Yep. and three. They lost to Florida State, Louisville, and NC State. You'll recall those three games? Yeah. Hokies don't play any of those teams this year. They don't play Florida State. They don't play Louisville. They don't play NC State. And the two toughest games, Georgia Tech and Clemson, are in Blacksburg. And so when you look at that and a manageable non-conference schedule, you see a team that could probably be favored in eight or nine games. And thus, I think that's why they're ranked. Yeah, I mean, the expectations are going to be high. Yeah, and that's the other thing. I mean, you don't want the hype train to go too much. I mean, but but not all seven and six seasons are the same. And when you bring everybody back and add the players that the Hokies have added in the portal on defense, and you see what 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 they did this past year down the stretch with Tootin, the way he ran the ball, and all all those de- offensive linemen back, you can see I, the Hokies will be picked in the top four or five of the league this year for sure. Bill, always good stuff, man. Thanks so much. Enjoy it. Thank you, buddy. Yep. Follow Bill on social media at BillRoth2020. I'm Adam Epstein at AWOD Radio. That was the Cowan Gates Hokies update with Bill Roth on the fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. So according to The Athletic, Jim Harbaugh, the college football champion coach of the Michigan Wolverines, is set to enjoy the moment. Now, there has been a lot of topic of discussion on whether or not Harbaugh would return to the NFL. 
right? He had so much success with San Francisco, made it to a Super Bowl, played against his brother, right, <laughs> in the Super Bowl. Um, and then now, of course, won the championship with Michigan. He's gone to the top, and people were wondering, hey, is he going to try to build a dynasty a la Nick Saban at Michigan, or is he going to go back to the NFL because he's chasing that Super Bowl championship? Stubb, what do you think he does? He stays in Michigan. Yeah, that's what I kind of think, too. Um, I mean, there's so much excitement swirling around the team, but there is massive speculation on the future of Jim Harbaugh. I think the best thing for him to do is to stay, but, you know, Harbaugh did say, quote, People want to look at the past or look at the future, but we're going to sit and enjoy this. We're national champs. So I do think he's going to wait until at least after the Super Bowl to make his decision. I think yeah. he's going to you know, visit Disney World, whatever the college football coaches yeah. do yeah. when they win the championship, You know, hang out with his family. He's probably going to go see a Ravens playoff game uh, featuring his brother. But for Michigan, Athletic Director Ward Manuel said, quote, if Harbaugh decides that he wants another opportunity to coach in the pros, I'm going to be happy for him and sad for us. I want him to stay at Michigan. If he leaves, however, Manuel says he'll move on and find the next person to lead. The issue with Harbaugh has been that he builds you up and then he kind of destroys your organization on his way out the door. Right? I mean, San Francisco took a major step yeah. back after he left, and it feels like Michigan would be in a bad place with all these NCAA investigations. That's true. Right. <laughs> the sign stealing. Yeah. And whatnot. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going into people looking into how they got J.J. McCarthy to Michigan in the first place, the quarterback that led them to their first championship outright since 1997. Uh, so we'll be following the future of Jim Harbaugh. I kind of think he stays at Michigan. Uh, but I will be pissed if the commanders already hire their coach and then he decides he's coming back. To the NFL, that, and then no. Chicago will be like, "Oh yeah, Ibraflus, we don't need you anymore." That's a good point, right? Yeah, that's what I, think that I that guarantee you. That's what happens with Chicago. Oh yeah, we, this Ibraflus guy is pretty good. He he motivated our team, but Harbaugh, he played for the Bears. Say. Yeah, we want him back here. Um, so that's what I think is going to happen. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open eight three three eight zero four zero nine ten. Broadcasting live here in Richmond, Virginia. I was down in Northern Virginia yesterday, and. Uh, I had an epiphany, all right, after the game. Maybe it was because I was just really hungry after working hard all day, driving, you know, basically three hours, um, then going to the game. But I got to my mom's house, and she had ordered Chinese food for me. Okay. I think the Chinese food in Northern Virginia is way better than it is in Richmond, so it's time for an impromptu dude food on the fan. Dude food. We're not responsible for the content of this program or anything we say when we're really hungry. Where's my food? Dude, where's my food? food? The most delicious food you've ever tasted. Yes! How can he piss off a flip-flop? <laughs> he loves food. Dude food. All right, Stubb, I need to make sure I say this the right way, but I do believe that Chinese food in Northern Virginia is much better than Richmond. And to me, it tastes more authentic. Maybe that's just me, and you, I know you probably haven't had that much Chinese food in Northern Virginia, but how do none. you think the Chinese food is in Richmond? I think it's decent. Yeah. I, I think there's a lot it of, was, seems like Asian fusion, yeah, not it, like old school Chinese fancy. food. Yeah. Blacksburg had some fantastic Chinese food. Okay. There were some great options there, but anytime I'm trying to look for one here, it seems like... Yeah, they're trying to get too fancy with yeah, it. Yeah, right. And I just like want... I, I enjoy Lucky AF. I enjoy Fat Dragon, 
Uh, yeah. It's not nearly as good as the Chinese food I had last night with my mom. Yeah, I'm, I, I I'm being to... honest with you. Maybe it's because you know you're in the vicinity, you're closer to Chinatown. Yeah. Maybe it's you know Northern Virginia is such a big melting pot, and, and so maybe there's a lot more mom and pop shots where Richmond, like, I mean, the Eat Restaurant owns Lucky AF and Fat Dragon. Pretty sure it's not ran by Chinese people, you know? Yeah, I need to... There is a local place in my, the Devil's Triangle okay. by me called China Panda. You haven't had it yet. Haven't have had you? it yet. It, yeah. it, it's clearly locally owned. Yeah. It's not on Grubhub or DoorDash. Oh, that's it, interesting. They're barely on Google Maps. Yeah. That, those are good Because I, I really <laughs> enjoyed Peter Chang's, and then I went there on Christmas. It was a disaster. I mean, my, my, my waiter was sweating the whole time. The wonton soup was cold. The low main was fake hot. It had steam coming off of it, but it wasn't oh, hot at dude, all. That's the worst. And so I was frustrated, and then I went home. You know, I've had like, I've had several different Chinese spots here in Richmond. It slept so hard last night. Maybe it's because I was tired, but it was amazing. Yeah. So it has me wondering, what is your go-to Chinese food order? Sesame chicken. Sesame chicken. Every single time. Really? Never, never swayed. Wow. I love it. You don't like trying anything differently? I think about it. Here, you know, I'm going to PF Chang's tomorrow. Oh, celebrate my that's mom's. That's a good spot. Celebrating my mom's birthday. Yeah, but that's so. also like you know, that's like not a mom and pop. You know, that's a national. No, no that's a national chain. So it's it's, it's going to be decent, yeah. but it's not going to be the best. No, exactly. Right. And it'll, it'll yeah, it'll be good. It's, my mom likes it. It's her it's her birthday yesterday. Yeah. Shout out. Donna Carlson, my ah, mother. Donna. Donna. Yeah, Donna Big and Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. All right, so let me ask you these rapid-fire questions here. Are you more fried rice or lo mein? Fried rice. Every time. Really? What type of fried rice are you doing? What are the type? Like, oh, there's shrimp fried oh, rice, oh, chicken I, fried rice, chicken, pork fried rice. Chicken. See, I realized last night, I'm out on chicken fried rice for the rest of my life. To me, it is weird. And it is a crime to eat chicken and egg together. It is so I, weird, and there's little bits of egg and good fried rice, and so we got the combination, right? It was, mm -hmm. had shrimp, yeah, pork, yeah, yeah. beef, chicken, right. and the bites with pork and beef were so much better than the chicken mixed with egg. It just didn't work for me. I think I just am trying to stay more on the chicken train. Yeah. You so know, you, like I'm trying to avoid beef you, a little bit. Are you anti-lo mein? I, honestly, I love fried rice so much yeah. that I just never order it. Really? Like, I don't think I have an opinion at all. Because I love, fried I rice love so lo mein. I'm with you. I think fried rice is better, but some good lo mein can definitely slap. Um, beef and broccoli or spare ribs? Now, see, uh, you're going with the sesame chicken every time. So you, Have you I, even had I, spare ribs? No. I've had beef and broccoli. That, You've never had spare ribs? No. Dude, I, t I tell you. Dude, I that is... I that is unbelievable. Into, I walk that, in that restaurant and I see sesame chicken and I order it every time. Yeah, I know, but like, like your dad's never ordered spare ribs and had, hey, stub, I got an extra rib here for you. There would never be an extra rib on his really? plate. Really? Oh, he's just, <laughs> no, that's a good point. He's, he's eating that food. Soup, hot and sour or wonton? Wonton. Yeah, good call there. Yeah. Then there's another one. I, miso egg drop actually, soup. I'm picking miso. Oh, you're picking miso? Yeah, I like a miso. I used to, as a kid, I loved egg drop soup. Now I'm all in on wonton. Um, so... I, I, but you kind of agree with me, though, that Chinese food in Northern Virginia better than Richmond. I mean, I haven't had Northern Virginia Chinese yeah, food, but... You don't love the stuff it, in Richmond. Richmond is the burger capital burger of America. Capital. I'm on a burger. I, yeah. I'm, I'll be stopping at Buddy's tonight. Oh, really? Getting my pimento Philly. <laughs> it's been a while. You know, Christmas, yeah. the gang wasn't together to do trivia, but we're back. That's a good point. I'm getting my good buddy. What else did you want to bring up on Dude Food today? I did see that the Eat Restaurant partners that run... Like all those restaurants we've talked about all the time, like Lucky AF and Fat Dragon. For the second time in recent years, an effort to bring a food hall concept to Scott's Edition has now fallen through. And why this is so frustrating is the food hall is supposed to be right in my backyard behind my apartment. What is a food hall? A food. It's like uh, it's like a, the, at a mall, right? Oh, you like go downstairs. A food, court. A food okay. court. 
But a food hall is like that's what your that's what the whole building is. It's not like okay. a court in the mall. So probably but, like a little bit cheaper. Maybe, but uh, just like, like I, uh, what I was assuming options, was though. seven or eight options yeah, in one in building one. Okay. where you could just park and have all these options. But it was supposed to be built two different spots right near my apartment, and now it's fallen through again, and I'm, I'm so frustrated by it. So frustrated by it. Because they own Fat Dragon, they own PBR, they know what they're doing. Oh, yeah, those are good it was going to be those a great food spots. hall, but for some, it's because the prices in Scott's Edition are going, they're going through the roof. It's yeah. unbelievable. It's become DC Edition. Yeah, I'm I'm lucky. I'm 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 a bit south of it. Yeah, I got my my cheap rent. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but, but you were telling me about like a, a Popeye story. Yes, for I dude was gonna. Too. Yeah, uh, if a team with wings wins the Super Bowl, you can get wings, a free six piece wings. If a team with wings wins the Super Bowl, and which or, team? So the teams with wings, obviously Eagles. Yeah. Um, Seahawks Raven. aren't in the playoffs. Nope. Ravens. Ravens. That's a, ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. So that, there's a good chance. So and it's Eagles, Ravens, and who else? Uh, the Bills. Oh, that's the obvious <laughs> just one. Like, they were like, so if <laughs> Eagles, Ravens, yeah. or Bills win the Super Bowl, it is a free six piece. I let me let me double check. You might have to you know buy one get well, one. Well, obviously. But, but here's the thing: is Popeye's wings not my not my favorite. You know, I no. was not even in on their their chicken sandwich, although it was too much fried. No, I'm, I want a tendy there. Yeah, that's but, a tendy but you spot. know what? Free food is free food. Free food is free food. Right. This is just like the the Wingstop incident yeah. where they said free wings if the Detroit Pistons win. Yeah. And then they finally do, and everyone <laughs> everyone's heading to Wingstop yeah. in one I day. I mean, it's a good marketing bit by that Popeyes. Is. I'm sure there's a few big fellas out there like myself that will be rooting for the Ravens, the Eagles, or the Bills now. It, they want the helps, free food. Yeah. yeah. All right, if there's any local food news that we haven't heard about, give us a call, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. Don't touch that dial. I'll be right back. And VCU down by three, 50 to 47, 142 to go here at Eagle Bank. Zeb Jackson, a three to tie. Yes, sir! Zeb Jackson hits the three, and we're knotted at 50 each. Our seventh tie of the game comes from Toledo, Zeb Jackson. The Rams of Virginia Commonwealth University closed the game on a 9-2 run. That was Robbie Robinson on the call of a Zeb Jackson three-pointer to tie the game at 50 via Rams Unlimited right here on 910 The Fan. VCU defeats Mason 54-50. to Joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, the VCU Athletics beat reporter for the Richmond Times-Dispatch, Zach Joaquin. What's going on, Zach? Adam, what's up, man? Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. So we've got to uh, get to a few things here before we get to the game. Michael Phelps brought you up on his show um, because I guess he heard that you drove to the game without a window. So explain this to the audience. What is going on with your car situation, man? <laughs> man, apparently Hyundai Santa Fe's are very desirable for carjackers. Uh-huh. Uh, and so my car has been broken into a couple times over the last six months. And so the uh, at Friday night, actually, after I got back from the St. Christopher's John Marshall game, which, if you weren't there, absolute spectacle. BCU recruit Brandon Jennings is the real deal led the Saints to a win over the Justices, got back from that game on Friday night, went up to my apartment to write my story, came back down about an hour and a half later, and my window was smashed out. So we're working on getting the uh, driver's side rear window on my car fixed right now. 
And if you've been in Richmond over the last few days, you know that that's really uh, not lucky timing because of the weather. Uh, and so the, the back of my car is a little wet right now. <laughs> Absolutely. So you, you told me <clears throat> you swam from Richmond to Fairfax, Eagle Bank <laughs> Arena to watch VCU. And I mean, I thought this was going to be a high-scoring game, but VCU strapped up defensively and came away with a massive four-point win. As did I, man. Mason came into the game, the number 20 team in the country in three-point shooting, and, and VCU gave up uh, better than 54% from outside in its last two games against Bonaventure and George Washington. Yeah. First time that's happened since 2010. And so, of course, Mason goes 0 of 15 from three. Um, Ryan Odom said that VCU took a lot of pride in that side of the ball, and his guys were determined to, to not lose that game because of the defensive end, and it showed last night. Absolutely. Uh, you know, Michael Bell's such a good kid, and he gave us a really good answer after the game about what it took for him to stay ready as he had just seen like three and five minutes the last few games. He plays 20 minutes, hits a three-point shot, but more importantly, shut down Keyshawn Hall of the Patriots. And we've had to see a lot of maturity from some of these young pieces in terms of playing time. Right, I thought Ryan's response when we asked about Jason Nelson's contributions was really telling in that regard. He talked about Jason's maturity because his playing time has fluctuated a ton, and, and Michael Bell is the perfect example of that. What was it a couple games ago? I think he played 43 seconds, yeah, and, and that was it. And so for him to turn around and be able to play 20 minutes in 43 seconds and do a great job on one of the A-10's leading scorers last night and really set the tone defensively for this team, right? It was, it was huge, and he was at the head of that, of that defensive turnaround and it seemed like everyone else kind of fed off of his defensive energy last night. And you're right. What an outstanding kid, man. In the press conference, he was just smiling a lot and, and talking about communicating with the coaches and how strong that relationship is and staying ready despite the playing time fluctuating. Because there's other guys who are dealing with that right now, right? Fats Billups has had some great games this season, and he didn't play yesterday. And so with these new pieces coming back, Sean and Joe – a lot of the younger guys in particular have had to show a lot of maturity in terms of their playing time, and Michael Bell certainly did. Yeah, and I think what Coach Odom and his staff has done, which is really important, is everybody's role on the team is really defined and detailed. And Michael Bell knows, and he said this to us, he knows that he can be a lockdown defender. He knows it, his teammates know it, his coaches know it, and that's how he was able to stay ready and then come out and ball. And I also want to give Kwani Kwani Tuke a big shout-out and a mention because – when Furman got into foul trouble, I, I was a, a little bit worried. And then Toby Lawal also was in foul trouble, and the Rams had to go to a smaller lineup with Kwani at the center position, but he played some really strong, meaningful minutes. And, in fact, he blocked a shot and helped grab a, a key rebound for the Rams. He was big, man. You asked Ryan about lineup versatility. After him, Kwani is such a perfect example of that. You know, I think of him as kind of a stretch four, right? Early in the season, we were getting to know a lot of these players. I was shocked at how well Kawani operates on the perimeter. And so it's a big ask for him to, to play at the five and, and deal with a true center defensively. And, man, he did a great job yesterday. And for Ryan to have that sort of lineup versatility when you're two leading, you know, sophomore forwards and, and Firm and Toby getting into foul trouble to be able to go to Kawani there uh, is a huge boon for him. And, man, that's been a big part of when this team is playing well this year. Firm and Toby have been at the center of it, yeah. right? If you look at all the metrics surrounding the VCU team, what they've done really well is efficiency around the rim. I think Toby still leads the A-10 in field goal percentage. It is one of the top players in the country in field goal percentage. Um, and, and Firm's rim-protecting presence has been vital. He's one of the best block shot blockers uh, in the A-10. And so to not have those two guys available down the stretch and to still win 
a low-scoring defensive battle with Kawani at the five says a lot about what Ryan can do uh, in, in terms of lineup versatility when some of these pieces are in foul trouble and he's got to mix and match a little bit. Absolutely. And I thought Zeb Jackson had two of you know maybe the biggest plays of the game. Uh, early on, Zeb mixed, missed a shot. VCU had a few turnovers. And then he picked Polite's pocket and got a quick jam. Uh, I think it calmed down VCU offensively. And then the three to tie the game. I mean, how many times this season has VCU been in a position where they need a three to tie the game and they've missed it? Zeb came in clutch today, yesterday. What, what a huge shot, man. And that's how defenders have been playing him lately. Um, they're trying to make him shoot it from outside because Zeb, you know, at all times is one of, if not the quickest players on the floor, right? And it's, he can beat his guy off the dribble all the time. And it seems to me like defenders are, are really recognizing that and they're going under screens. And that was another example of it on the wing where um, his defender went under the screen and Zeb just calmly raised up and, and hit the three. And if defenders are going to give him that much space on the perimeter, he's got to be able to hit that shot. And for him to have the composure to, to step back and hit it in a moment when BCU had to have it was huge, especially from a, a senior captain, right? He's a guy you look for uh, to make shots like that late in games. I think him and Max are kind of the two guys that late in the game – when BCU needs a bucket, you want the ball in their hands on the perimeter. So for him to hit that shot was huge. And then Max with the free throws down the stretch, too. Yeah. That's something that, that struck me a lot about this team in late-game situations is Max's ability to get to the line. Um, he's been one of the top free throw shooters in the conference, and it showed again last night. Zach, and I believe you called it a season-saving win. I think it was a, a massive win that I think could – Create some momentum, and I wouldn't be surprised if ECU won on a big, a bit of a win streak uh, now. And, and you know, I saw this on Twitter. I forget who threw it out there, but somebody said, "Oh yeah, VCU with a down year," and they showed the box score from last January fourth when the Rams lost to Duquesne. And then, of course, VCU goes on that run and wins the A10. And then, of course, you have the box score of ECU losing to GW. Maybe they go on a run now after beating Mason. It still feels to me like this team has the potential to catch fire, right? What was I, Iowa State? You see Iowa State? I think that was last night. They beat Houston. Yeah. Um, and that's an Iowa State team, man, that VCU had on the ropes right. in Orlando. was up double digits in the first half and, and, and really should have won that game. Um, took Memphis to overtime, right? Really should have won that game. I think we've seen this team's ceiling, and it's, and it's really high. And those two games that I mentioned there were without a couple of key pieces. Um, and, and so we're seeing – what this VCU team ceiling is. And I really think that Ryan's been throwing a lot of curveballs in his first year at the helm, right? And to have to integrate two really key pieces into this team toward the back end of non-conference play has been difficult. And so we've seen a lot of fluctuations, but I really do believe that that, that ceiling is still there if this team can, can find a rhythm and you know could go on a streak like that team did last year and, and compete at the top of the A-10. Because this is a confusing conference right now, right? It's certainly better than last year, and so you, you have more opportunities to boost your resume. That was a quad one win, I believe, yeah. last night yeah. against Mason. And so that, that, that wasn't there last year, that you could go on the road and, and, and pick up quad one wins in the A-10. Um, and it is this year. And so even though you're 16 games into the season, it feels like you've still got an opportunity not to build an, an at-large NCAA resume. I think everyone recognizes that that's gone at this point. But you can certainly, if you can catch fire and, and – reel off some wins like you did last year. And this is going to look like a really, really dangerous team come Brooklyn. That's Zach Joaquin, beat reporter for VCU Athletics from the Richmond Times-Dispatch. New episode of the Black Gold Fan Podcast will be available tonight. Zach, I know you'll be one of the first to download. What do you want to hear us talk about? Well, I appreciate the shout-outs. That's been <laughs> awesome. 
and, and, and the opportunity to, to, to come on a couple of weeks ago, really, I, I, I told you guys, it was like all of a sudden I was a character on my favorite TV show. Um, I, I'd like to talk a little bit of, or hear you guys talk about the complexion of the A-10, because I'm fascinated by that right now. It really is a confusing conference. Dayton, a couple of key injuries. I mean, they seem like the clear top dog, but they've lost some, some key pieces. And past that, who knows, man. Um, and, and the road ahead, BCU's next couple of opponents, because it feels to me like LaSalle, obviously a very winnable game. If you can go get a win at LaSalle, and then you host a, a struggling St. Louis team next Friday, then the belief is really going to be back in the Seagull Center um, if this team can pick up another road win and come back to Richmond uh, for its next home game on the 19th. Uh, and obviously the crowd reports, uh, I'm always excited about. I know we've had a couple of away games here, but I always love hearing the, the reports on the atmosphere at the Seagull Center. I love that. Read Zach's work online, richmond.com. Don't go anywhere. Don't touch that dial. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD on the fan.